A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I am Michael Sidgwick, joined by Andy H. Murray, the great man, to discuss everything that is in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we preview and review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, Oh, AEW Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. On occasion, we have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, probably not this week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Marie, scale of 1 to 10, what's your hype-ometer for Dynamite tonight? Uh, it feels like it's maybe the third or fourth week in a row where it's about an 8 or a 9. Yeah. Uh, the car just looks like tremendous amounts of fun. Uh, Dynamite seems to have settled into a marketing uh, rhythm where they they just pack the show with stuff that looks like either a hoot or a great match on paper. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty much interested in literally every single thing on the card. Um, do you get your hopes up? Of course you do. You you, you have to. Uh, like there's, there's a lot of discourse on often the the quality of the card versus the quality of the show on the night. But like you've got to allow yourself the joy of getting lost in the hype for these things, I think. Uh, preparing yourself for misery is no way to go through wrestling fandom. Uh, and I think everything looks awesome. So <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go. I'm in complete agreement. I'm quite a miserable guy. If something upsets me, I will articulate it and register my disgust on the internet, as you are all aware, I presume, <laughs> at this point. But I get hyped for things, and I'm also... I go one extreme or the other when the show actually happens. I'm either full recency bias. That's the best TV match I've ever seen. I don't care about this thing that happened three months ago when I had the same opinion. This is the best one. <laughs> I think it's healthy. I think it's a way to go in through and enjoy life. And I am hyped for this. AEW Dynamite pre-revolution was great, just not in quite the way I wanted. The match quality was fantastic. Again, these things happen so quickly. So much greatness sort of begets the next great thing. That you forget that Danielson Bandido was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, I am a bit picky. The storylines, and I'm not saying there weren't many of them because there are too many storylines in AEW, if anything, just weren't connecting. But for me, the idea of this elite saga resurfacing is fantastic. Mm. The mystery packed into it. I think... I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're not the biggest elite melodrama guy. Yeah. Just the mystery component that is sort of becoming another facet to all of this. 
pique your interest. What I mean by that is like, I know you don't really go in for the inner conflict and guys should just fight because that's what wrestling is. <laughs> God damn it, it's an emulated combat sport. Like, what do you think's happening with Takeshita and do you like like answering those kinds of questions? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, the, there are components of it that I get a bit nitpicky myself. So, like, Don Callis flopping to the floor and Kenny and Hangman kind of looking at each other and going, what's happening? What, what's the TV show, brothers? They're going to. Okay, fair enough. They are going fair to. Fair enough. They'll I, shut I, me I, up tonight. I, well, <laughs> I've kind of nailed my flag to the wall on this. I'll yeah. be disgusted if they won't. But, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll let you finish your thought. How dare you? It's a huge... Plot point within this very story. I've seen countless times where AEW have done something where it's like, can you not watch the show? And then yeah. they've literally made a joke about it. Um, but it's a big plot point that Kenny Omega can't really bring himself to watch the full gear match because it was his downfall as the best bout machine. Ah. That one's just rearing back. And on BTE, and yes, they should do this on TV, but at least with it being on BTE this week where they've sort of just shown him the post-match, Nick Jackson sent Kenny Omega the post-match as if to say, look, I know you can't really do this, but you have to kind of see it to know where everyone's at. Um, so they do recognize that they have the ability. It's not the Fed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But where does Takeshita fit into it? It's really interesting to consider because um, he could conceivably do whatever the heck he wants in this whole storyline. And it's very nice to see him kind of graduating from the... Uh, awesome, admittedly, period of him having great matches against big names and just losing, uh, which was a good way to introduce him because he's over now. Um, but it's nice to see him getting his teeth sunk into some storyline material now. Um, honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. But uh, if if we don't get a Kenny Omega, Konosuke Takeshita singles match out of this, I will, uh, I will I will tweet moderately angry about it and then forget about it an hour later. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know where he's going to land. It's clear that uh, Callis is playing multiple people against each other with the trip, uh, with the little dive he took last week, sorry, with all the wooing he's been doing of Konosuke Takeshita. I cannot imagine Takeshita as some kind of devious guy who beat up the Young Bucks and hospitalized them. So I think that's that, that would be a really ill-fitting role for that gentleman. Um, I could absolutely see him being kind of like an unwilling, unsure accomplice of Don Callis in his villainy. And I think that might be the most compelling way to go because these 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 segments, like when Callis serenaded him at the airport or whatever it Tremendous. was. Tremendous. Fantastic. He's he's just kind of like, what the... What? Okay, thanks, but what? What? what's going on? I can absolutely see that translating really well into that kind of role alongside Callis, where he's like, well, this guy's been nice to me. I'm going to ally with him. Oh, he is responsible for hospitalizing two dudes. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. What do I do now? That could be really interesting. And then this interesting interplay there with Kenny as well, because he'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're from DDT. I'm from DDT. We should be friends. Why are you hanging out with this guy who's trying to screw me over? Um, I am very interested in that aspect of it. Yeah, as you touched on, like the elite melodrama stuff is for 99% of the AW viewership. It's not for me, um, but I only hate it. Like I don't sit there and watch it and go, ah, this sucks. I'm changing the channel, brother. Like a lot of uh, bad faith critics would tell you. Uh, I just accept it as something that's extremely popular. and A bit like the music of Ed Sheeran. Loads of people love it. I'm just not that. Into it. I think they're comparable <laughs> artists. Shut up, <laughs> Kenny. Look, I hate you. I hate. I wish we okay. had done this. Pink Floyd. There you go. There's one. That's a little bit better. <laughs> that is actually a little bit apt. Like a bit noodly, a bit pretentious, a bit meandering. At least Pink Floyd put some claims into their art. Well crafted. Right. Okay. That's a much better analogy. <laughs> so I was gonna... To hell with Ed Sheeran for the Absolutely. record. Absolutely. He's but, a weasel. So I don't know if anything 
anything of that nature is going to materialize on the show. But I love that as an umbrella program. I love the idea that's mystery. I love the idea that there's something more to it than a lot of banger matches where you can kind of see the direction. I've got no idea where this is going, and it's fantastic as a result. But on the subject of, and I know the term is outdated, banger matches, I think there's a lot of thought that has gone into Adam Cole versus Daniel Garcia. It is, if you like watching attractive people on television, one of the hottest matches. I think it's a really good opponent for Adam Cole because you're not burning through a dream match. Daniel Garcia is such a great, great professional technical wrestler already that the idea here is that Adam Cole can't just beat someone sort of handily in a match where he gets to showcase his spots. You want to look like there's a sense of plight here. You want to play with the danger of if he's ready. I want this to be threaded with like a like a real sense of anxiety about mm. whether he's actually going to be okay because I like to feel things when I watch pro wrestling. And in the safest possible way, Daniel Garcia has got that way of professionally wrestling. He's fantastic. Um, the only slight part of this booking, other than the uh, the ominous presence lurking of Chris Jericho, of course, these matches tend to happen for a reason. <laughs> uh, so the only thing beyond that is... Um, I don't necessarily think Garcia is going to beat him, mm. and I don't think he's cr- quite credible enough as a threat to beat an Adam Cole, because I think there's a lot of puro-influenced drama to be had in the idea that Cole simply isn't ready yet. That's how Brian Danielson returned last year following his concussion against the same opponent. Yeah. So maybe there's a bit of a connection there uh, where Garcia can crawl about beating guys that um, aren't ready. But uh, what are your thoughts on this and Adam Cole's return? I think this could genuinely be really emotional. Yeah, like I was all in on the idea before Garcia was revealed as the opponent of his opponent being someone that just squashes him. Like he comes back and it's way too early and he has to go on like some other voyage of of recovery and whatever and clawing his way back to the top. Um, I don't think Daniel Garcia is the guy you do that with um, for the reasons you just unpacked. He's a wrestler's wrestler despite the sports entertainment gimmick and it makes a lot more sense to show more of a struggle with him uh, because of his style and everything else. Uh, if he was wrestling like, I don't know, Brody King or someone, you'd go down the bulldozer route. Maybe not here. Uh, Brody's not the best example, given current storylines. But you Archer. Know, yeah, there you go. Physical profiles. Yeah. Archer's the perfect guy. Um, so, yes, I, I'm in total agreement with you. I, I think it would be cool to see Garcia go over to further that, ah, I beat these guys, but you didn't really beat them, Daniel, you little scamp. Um I, I did enjoy the setup segment for this whole deal as well with Dan, like Garcia accidentally calling himself a wrestler and then having to correct him. Like, it was really well done. I know that there are the criticisms towards his involvement in the Jericho Appreciation Society, I think, are very valid. Um, but he, I think moments like that show that he is picking up some of the TV, like the, the, the big theater wrestling yeah. stuff along the way as well, which is good because he needs to do that. He's obviously a fantastic wrestler. Uh, picking up the other stuff was going to be the developmental process for him. So, yeah, it, it's fun. It's a fun piece of booking. For sure. I think uh, when when AEW does like a mystery or an unnamed opponent named later on, I think a lot of people condition themselves to expect a big popping surprise. Um, so like I, I'm guilty of that a little bit myself. So when Garcia showed up last week, I was a bit like, oh, okay. But then I was like, no, Daniel Garcia rules. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of your headspace, yeah. Andy H. Murray and anyone else who's got them down that line of thought. But yeah, it should be cool. Uh, This should be cool. I'm going to be a bit of a dick before we move swiftly on to the next master preview, right? Okay. Adam Cole, I think the subtext of what he's been saying on television isn't so much just, you know, I'm great. I think a lot of people have forgotten that I'm great. 
Um, and I'm intent on proving that. I'm not just here for a sentimental return. I'm here to be the goddamn best. I believe there's a subtext, or at least I hope there is a subtext to what he's saying. I'm wondering if he's going to sort of abandon some of the cliches with which he's associated at this point. Like the shocked kick-out faces. Like there was an Adam Cole routine. That was a hit, yeah. but a routine, and maybe it felt a bit worn. So I'm hoping, like, if he does it all and the crowd pop, and I'm pleased to see him, I probably won't in the moment be like, oh, it's kind of the same Adam Cole. I am hoping for a little bit of evolution, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, This is a match for you. This Mm. is a match that might have been booked for you. Uh, For the AEW International title, it is Orange Cassidy versus The Butcher. (laughs) Uh, This is going to be a hoot, nothing more, nothing less. Look, the match is going to be of a certain quality. It's not going to blow people away. It's going to be amusing. There are going to be moments where you genuinely feel like Orange Cassidy's been monstered because the butcher goddamn rules. For me, what? how is... And I love how we still ask this question four years in. It shouldn't be asked. How is the butcher going to respond to Cassidy's mischievous hijinks? Is he going to, like, join in? Is he going to sort of... Just boot him in the face. Is he going to put his hands in his trunks? Is he going to do the leg kicks? The butcher in this context, I find absolutely fascinating. And I know you must as well. Yeah, this is this is so much fun. Uh, butcher was fun in the trios match last week when he did the sting thing before the stinger splash, the bird noise. Uh, it showed him just being a bit silly for the first time, which is which is fun. Like obviously, the butcher is my favorite wrestler in AEW, and the butcher and the blade are my favorite tag team. So when I see a match graphic like this pop up, I'm in cloud nine. Uh, I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch a match like this where I'm deeply invested uh, that, you know, isn't going to get seven stars off Dave than, than like, a clash that's going to go 40 minutes in the New Japan main event yeah. that, that is going to be, like, technically amazing or whatever. I'd, I'd much rather have the TV hoot, to be honest. And, yeah, it's, it's really smart. Like, the way they book Butcher in these occasional singles matches, like the Derby one last year was That just, was awesome. What a tremendous riot that was. Um and that was did the hand stuff in the trios as well. Yeah, that yeah, was really going cool. all the way back, yeah. like with the because Butcher like killed his thumb on that house show wrestling Derby and stuff, and he was out for ages. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. They're, like they're really strategic in who they put him against, and the the beauty of the Orange Cassidy gimmick this long into the run is that how hasn't it gotten stale yet? I know. The answer probably is because he finds something fresh in literally every single match, whether it being something you've never seen him do before or something he hasn't done in like three years. He's so clever. It's unreal. And I think they will they will absolutely maximize whatever time they're given, be it eight to ten minutes. I would love to see Butcher doing the soft kicks. <laughs> I would equally like to see him just truck this guy at the bell yeah. uh, and, and go full murder mode. But uh, he's he's going over. Uh, six, seven minutes should do the job. New new international champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. I don't know if he's going to do the leg kicks. What I've not seen yet, and there's so much to be drawn from this particular device, is what if he just tries hands in the pockets, soft leg kicks to Butcher. What if Butcher just kicks him really hard in the calf? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really hard and like... <laughs> Cassidy crumples to the floor, gets lifted up for a power bomb, and then turns it into the Stun Dog Millionaire there to get a near fall. Like, there's just so much that can do. I'm fascinated about what the butcher does. Um, this is another. Tony Khan has got this sort of mad scientist quality to his booking, where it's like, I would never have booked that, but that's why I'm not you. 
Like, I think you can tell great stories. I think you can tell meandering stories. I think sometimes you can tell cliched stories. But my God, it's a matchmaker as well as a book of the guys great. And yeah. Blackpool Combat Club versus Dalton Castle and the boys is, yeah. again, another hoot. <laughs> the idea of the Blackpool Combat Club selling and being f- infuriated that they've been bested, which they have to do as heels now, before genuinely, like, a massacre could unfold here. Yeah. Like, a really well done, not these like I cannot f- sanction the idea that these theatre guys, these incredibly sort of outsized, exaggerated theatrical, like essentially like peacocks, they, they are, yeah, yeah peacocks. peacocks. They are sports entertainers in a wrestling yeah. world without them having to tell you it's bad. So the Blackpool Combat Club are going to be infuriated when they get sort of outwitted by these guys, and then it's going to be quite dangerous and ugly and kind of heartbreaking, but yeah. very effective again. Putting Moxley against Grayson was a great idea, even though it didn't quite work. It was no, like, huge heel heat. Like, it's not Piper in Portland or whatever you want to say. But I think this is yet another really inspired choice of opponent for Moxley in that you want him to feel like a pretty ugly human being who's realized, I've kind of peaked. That's Mm. the story. I've peaked. I've just been beaten. Like, I'm the invincible guy. I've just been beaten. All right, I'm in a mood now. I'm going to take it out on everybody else. The idea of them... As opponents, I think it's inspired. Yeah, I think I like good matchmaking more than I like good storytelling in wrestling. You know, uh, week to week, I just get excited for match graphics. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's not like you know, like the, the I kick a dead horse or whatever. But it's not like the, the the NXT Triple H, like the end of his era down there, where it was like they were just positioning guys opposite the arena for pops and then fast forwarding to the match. It's yeah. like, it's quite skillful. Like the people that they're putting the Blackpool combat club opposite here. Um, Cause like, I think when it comes to Dalton castle and the boys, I go back to the super card, the G1 super card when uh, he faced Roosh early on Dalton castle. And he came out and he got this like two and a half minute ring entrance. It was crazy. It was over the top so showy and then Roosh just came down took his jacket off kneed him in the face and won in 30 seconds yeah it was awesome man. it's like similar to that isn't it where like the, the, the show off is is like in their element and then they get shot down straight away and this could go two minutes you know yeah it really could it really could it, like same energy to John Moxley versus 10 back in the day yes and that awesome squash but what's funny actually is that you listen to the sessions yes I'm about four fifths of the way through I still haven't gotten to the trunks discourse but i will um but one of the last things i heard john moxley say go and check out the podcast after this um it's really really good um is that john moxley was saying how he kind of hates convention and his sort of new initiative in wrestling is to just do cool things that don't necessarily like easily please the audience with popcorn and formula and it's just an easy way to sort of get them on strings he says like why can't i do a great three minute match Maybe yeah. that's pointed. Maybe that's what we're in for here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm I'm all for it. Like, particularly like when you view wrestling through our lens, and we've been watching TV wrestling for like 25, 30 years at this point. You know every single beat, right? You think you know every single beat. You know the rhythms. You know what works. You know what doesn't. Uh, even when like a story's like well told or whatever, and even when you're invested, you kind of know what the next yeah. thing is going to be once you've been in it for a while. It's like the Roman and, and and Sammy stuff over in WWE is great. It's the most invested I've been in the WWE story in so long. Yeah. Um, and like I don't think that diminished the payoff when 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 Sammy turned on him and him and Kevin reunited. Like I still felt those. Um, 
but you you can you know what's gonna it's wrestling like yeah. it only has so many playbooks um so it's refreshing to hear a guy of john's profile saying yeah i want to mix it up i want to do different stuff uh sometimes you don't need to do different stuff and it's awesome um but yeah like it could be a squash or it could be as you've just described somehow the boys in dalton castle out wrestle these guys get an upper hand and that just pisses them off and then they kill them yeah um it's it's fun it's this this match reminds me of like the entire Supercard of Honor lineup because that that weekly show is not story heavy at all, uh, and yet you look at the lineup for the pay per view and you go, "Holy crap!" It's like one of the shows of the year. Yeah. Great matchmaking across the board. Absolutely. Um, in the first of two consecutive weeks of really sort of strong looking action in the women's division, Willow Nightingale is going to work at Ruby Soho tonight. Um, again. Like, Willow Nightingale's just so over. Mm. Kind of run out of things to say about her. But she's so over. The entrance is over. Her presence is so goddamn likable. But she has got a lot of tricks that I think... People just think that she comes out and does her stuff and gets over. And it's almost effortless. I do think she... Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. It's got some really good um, crowd-working tactics. I don't think it's this this inherent thing. But, um, yeah, she's working Ruby Soho. You'd expect Willow Nightingale to side with the originals. Um, And I think that's why this match exists, and we've seen a sort of hint that this is where it's going. I don't necessarily think this is a great story. I'm not on the hook. I think a lot of the... uh, the angle work is repetitive, but if I'm going to be less pedantic, if nothing else is a vehicle for other wrestlers to get some actual substantive, um, consistent character arc on this show, it's fine and yeah. it's better than it's been, yeah. but this should be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, this feud to me is like Limb- listening to Limp Biscuit in 2023. It's like it's trash, but it's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I love this so much. Uh, even though if I was to sit down and like analyze it and break the components down, I'd probably conclude that it wasn't great. Uh, but I, I love how chaotic and stupid this whole thing is. Like, Soraya is a force for just the weirdest energy in the universe. Yes. She's so strange. Uh, and yet I, I, I'm, I'm hooked every time these people are on the screen. It's, it's really weird. Uh, like I just love her getting fined for calling someone a twat. Like <laughs> it was, that was quite educational as well, for actually. Cause like, I didn't know that that word was like a bit more frowned upon in the United States over here. You might hear it on blue Peter. Like you might hear it on BBC yeah, yeah, yeah. news. It's so commonplace. So that was funny. Um, but yet to the match at hand, uh, yeah, Willow kicks so much ass. Like she's so effervescent and so infectious. Uh, and whether that's just her, her inherent traits or like it's 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 just good wrestling work, as you said. Uh, it, it, it's evident in the the reactions that she gets when she comes out that what she's doing is very effective. And like the Athena match from Ring of Honor the other week was just sensational stuff. Like that was a great example of to people who are currently getting lots of praise for their character work, and those characters do mesh extremely well, yeah. um, but doing a lot technically as well between the ropes. So, yeah, I look forward to watching Willow wrestle every time because I know it's going to be a good time. There is a chance that it might get swallowed up in the bollocks from the feud, uh, but hey, guess what? I like the feud. You like the bollocks. So, yeah, I like the bollocks, man. When, so. when the bollocks is over and done with, and knowing Tony Khan, it'll be like this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Jericho will be involved somehow. Yes. Yeah. If it's a true meritocracy, I think it is as simple as saying, Athena, what you're doing now, we're going to put you on TV. Yeah. She should be the one to dethrone hater, I think. She's she should be on TV every week. Yeah, she's unbelievable. You see the... I can't remember what I can't remember the name of the opponent. Tutti Lin, that's who it was. From It was either Dark Elevation this week. Oh, my God. I've never seen a knockout spot like it in my life. Uh, you should, everyone listening to this should watch it right now. It's like a minute long. It's not a shoot knockout or anything. Don't worry if you're like squeamish about that kind of thing, which I understand, of course. Uh, it, oh my God, Athena is so gleeful when she thinks she is genuinely concussed this person and the way she reacts to it is simply masterful. Like everyone... She, she needs to be on AEW television. Like, yeah. I understand that, you know, ROH has to have uh, some great action, some great character work and all the rest of it, but I think she should be rewarded. It's too it will, good. It'll be really annoying and it will sort of reinforce the idea that Tony Khan doesn't value women's wrestling as much as men's trios, tags, whatever, if she doesn't get rewarded yeah. with a TV size push because she's absolutely she's incredible. unreal. I want to see her in Riho. Like, oh, the, Jesus the Christ. So, she's got Sakazaki this week, obviously, and that'll be great. But, like, the purity of the babyface force that is Riho in AEW against Athena being a prick. If Amazing. You, if you can get sort of, like, her to have the heel monster push on Dynamite, Riho would be a great, great yeah. shout for that sky blue and then hate her to be there, pick on someone your own size. Yeah. This is a great story. Yeah. It's great work. She's she's incredible. Like, cannot say enough nice things about the work Athena is doing in 2023, and I wish more people were watching. I, I cannot say in good faith you need to watch every episode of the YouTube shows, um, but you need to check some of her stuff out if you've not been. It's out-of-this-world good heel work. I It's 
a revelation on the scale of, oh, Jesus Christ, John Moxley's amazing compared to Dean yeah. Ambrose. It's sort of like, uh, how do you get a performer like this so bad? Do you WWE, remember, like... You suck. You must suck if that, you're doing that with this person. That last NXT push where she was like, Mama wants some gold. And she was like... You could tell she was, like, obviously really rusty from the injuries. Visibly uncomfortable. But yeah, well. but really not into the character yeah. and stuff. What a, f- what a flip reversal in the words of Blazing Squad. Penultimate match to preview here, uh, <laughs> Matt Hardy versus Jack Perry. It's, it, it, it exists to do two things, one of which, look, people, this is getting cult acclaim. Yep. This firm stuff. I'm more into it than I have been. <laughs> is that me being a microwave baby in the past, <laughs> or is it simply I feel like Matt Hardy is a bit of a waste of resource? I think it's fair. Like, AEW, how many of these, like, I own your contract storylines has AEW done since its inception? sucked. Yeah, like, specifically, like, Matt Hardy has been in a lot of them as well. So it's very understandable to feel fatigued uh-huh. uh, by them. Obviously, yeah. this one has, like, a different vibe now because they're kind of training, they're getting along. Like, they're doing the comedy thing as well, which is getting over with, with a lot of people, at least online. I don't know what the pulse is like in arenas. Um, but in the online bubble, people That's the are thing, it's not this. quite as over as people who really are desperate to defend yeah. it or making out. Twitter ain't real, is exactly, the conclusion. Exactly. What is it, like 12% of the United States population is actually on this app? Yeah, something like that. That we take as gospel sometimes, and it's good to distance yourself from that. Um, no, it's very understandable to 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 feel fatigue and, and everything else regarding this. Her, Matt's performances uh, have obviously declined over the years. That's not a controversial statement. Obviously, physically... You know, even before he left WWE, he was talking about how like his vertebrae had been fused to his spine and stuff, like or or his pelt, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact uh, terminology, but it was worrying stuff. So, as long as he's happy and healthy, that's that's important, obviously. But yeah, often between the ropes, not a lot of fun to watch. Nah, don't find it fun at all. So we'll see what Jungle Boy can get out of him. Yeah, not much is my guess, um, if I'm being brutally, brutally <laughs> honest. Bring back Christian, man. Bring back Christian. Like, yeah. I left the final burial excited for, like, every Christian feud. Hamlet's ruined it for me. Oh, no. It's got this ridiculous idea. Oh, no. That Christian's going to WWE, which I don't think is happening. That he's, 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 he's fed-pilled, brother. I know. He wants <laughs> everyone to go to WWE. He's like, wouldn't it be good if they went to WWE? <laughs> and I was like, right, I can see a point in isolation. <laughs> then, like... Five wrestlers later. Yeah, she go to WWE. It's like, he buys time for it. <laughs> I'll say this to his face, and I have said this to his face Don't snitch well. tag him. Don't snitch tag him. Snitch tag him. I, say, I say, literally said this to his face yesterday. Oh, okay. I'll it's punch fine. him in the face. I won't do that, because he'd probably eat my face. But yeah. Nah, he's a bitch. <laughs> I'm a bitch. He is soft. He's so a, am I, though. So. I'm soft as well. Maybe he would just get the red mist. Maybe. Imagine Hamlet on the rampage. Jewel them all. He's, he's, a, you know, he's, a, he's a tall lad. He is a big unit. He could probably swing a swing a hook if he wanted to. I don't know. There's some big boys in here who could, if they want. If, if, if there are some people in this company who are not on camera, who are gigantic human beings, and if they if they wanted to, they would kill you. So we've yeah. got to be careful around these parts. Got to be careful. Andrew Pollard, man, he's an animal. He is he's a gigantic big man, friendly man. He's like the jolly Welsh giant. He's awesome. Pollard. We absolutely love Pollard here. Um, Perry to win because he's going to fight for a world title. And then imagine if he just lost <laughs> chaos. That's hardy to lose because that will anger Ethan Page and further everything else. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> last match preview and the saving the best for last. God damn it! It's Kenny Omega versus Jeff Cobb. Kenny Omega's goddamn back. Ooh, Kenny Omega's amazing. Kenny Omega. Uh, just in case um, any listeners haven't had, just basically exclusively watch AEW and it's you know it's the destination. 
I can see why that's the case. I'm actually writing an editorial on why, not, why that necessarily isn't a great thing. Um, so keep your eyes peeled on whatculture.com slash WWE for that. Um, but, yeah, the context behind this match, there's actually a story behind it, even though there doesn't need to be, because he's a champion and he could simply wrestle a very credible challenger. That's what wrestling is. But there is some backstory here. One, Jeff Cobb is a stablemate of Will Ospreay, and that story between Omega and Ospreay is far from finished. Secondly, at New Year's Dash on January 5th, not January 1st, as AEW said, um, <laughs> in, a, in a team I dubbed the Seven All-Stars, Kazuchika Ricarda and Kenny Omega came together in this sort of incredible, incredible moment um, to work um, Jeff Cobb and Aaron Hanare of the United Empire. And the story of the match was basically... Kenny Omega, whenever he's in there with Jeff Cobb, and it's almost like Kenny Omega thinks about this stuff because he's amazing, is that he couldn't really do anything against Jeff Cobb. He could V-trigger him. He could um, do certain moves. But the second that he tried to do the Snapdragon, it was similar to the work with Brody King because he knows how to work a goddamn horse because he's a genius. He couldn't Snapdragon him. Couldn't even lift him off his feet when attempting a one-winged angel far too early. He's like... Various strategic errors that put over Cobb's just incredible strength, with the idea being that Hinare did the job. Of course, Kenny Omega's not losing that after he just won the title, but it was, you know, if it was just a singles match, Kenny, would you be knackered against Cobb? Could you do anything with him? Lo and behold, as it was built, we are now getting the singles match. I'm so excited for it. I'm expecting here, with the idea being that you can't work a big man like Jeff Cobb, well, he can, but you can't out-muscle him. He can't do his signature offense against him so easily. I'm expecting a just excessive, in the best way, an excessive amount of V-triggers to try and chop down the tree. And mm. at some point, Jeff Cobb is going to eat one in the face. He's going to do that guttural, animalistic noise that he's so great <laughs> at. No, sell it and just kill him. And it's going to be awesome. This match is going to... The best version of this match rules because... Kenny Omega can work everyone's style brilliantly. And uh, he's got really wonderful previous with a guy who knows the rhythms of strong style mm-hmm. and a powerhouse as well. And the best version of this match rules. How, what You know it's going to be good. You know Omega's going over. I guess the question for the preview is, what is the extent to which this is going to rule? Yeah, and you can probably look forward to it without fear of shenanigans with the Osprey connections because he's injured and he just got pulled from a tour in Japan. Uh, and uh, unless that's all some gigantic work, and I don't think it is, it's very unlikely that there'll be something too overt that leads to the next chapter in that feud. You'll probably get that later down the line because I think Kenny and Will headlining Urban Door 2 is very compelling. Um, he's going to kick ass, obviously. Like Jeff Cobb, throughout the years, has sometimes had uh, the reputation of being quite inconsistent, being a guy who sometimes flatters to deceive a little bit because, I mean, the guy the guy peaks so incredibly high. Like, you can go back to, like... Shingo match. Oh Shingo God. match. Oh, well, well didn't, you, didn't even hear that. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that Stephanie? That's Renee Paquette. Oh, okay, fair enough. Learn a new thing every day. I wondered where that came from. Well, it's mutated from... You know Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. When uh, DiCaprio's talking to his dad aye, about... Aye, oh and he goes, oh, my God. And by, you know the famous thing? He goes, oh, my God. So I ripped that off. Okay. My God. And then I believe it was a um, little-known listener called Matt Rains. Never heard of Actually, him. Actually, no, it wasn't Matt Rains. I think it was Vasco. One of the wonderful listeners in our podcast community listened to a sessions with Renee Paquette where she made our 
Oh my god! <laughs> and it sounds like this. Oh my god! Friend of the show, Renee yeah. Paquette, confirmed. Cobb has had the reputation of being an inconsistent guy sometimes, who flatters to deceive. You can even go back to like when he was in PWG and he had like a awesome match with Chris Hero and like his Matt Riddle match in 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 progress. The first one is in particular like his resume is dotted with just really high peaking stuff going back years and years and years. But he does sometimes have these periods where the match isn't quite as good in reality as it was on paper. His 2019 G1 run, he had a match with Moxie really early. Yeah. Where he's like, after the match, he's like, I can't believe I sucked in that match. And I was like, hey, you kind of did in reality yeah. and in the storyline. Yeah, like, pick it up, brother. Yeah. Uh, but it's because he's got, like, these incredible physical gifts. And when he does, like, the tour of the islands, this gigantic bowling ball of a man, like, swinging his entire body around through the air and then crushing down on the mat. And these things look so spectacular and awesome. Sometimes you think, oh, every match is going to be like this exciting and stuff. Sometimes it's just not. Uh, the, the, was it Osprey he faced at the Supercard as well? Yes, I thought yeah. that was awesome. And that was incredible. So, like, he does have that in his locker a little bit, but I would say less so in previous years. And there's, like, zero chance he's going to disappoint against Kenneth Omega, who thinks probably more about what he's doing in these situations than, like, anyone else on the planet. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really see a universe in which this is not a blow-away incredible match. The storyline considerations take it to the next level. Uh, my slight disappointment with this is that Tony Khan did not package it with a shiny label because that would have just got people, like, like the bad faith people would have been so upset. I love this now. I love this now. Like, dream match. Kingo last week, we saw what happened. Come on, just amplify it a little bit. Keep yeah, that going. Yeah. Heavenly match of gold or something. Yes. They call it the most anticipated match of all time. And it's like Kenny Omega versus Hornswoggle. Like, you just do that yeah. every week. Amplify it. Get those silly sausages riled up. I've got a love-hate relationship with these silly sausages because sometimes <laughs> I find them just so infuriating. <laughs> but then I took a sort of a wicked gleeful amusement at the idea of these people trying to no sell that it was really exciting it might not be your style i don't necessarily think it's yours i don't want to put words in your mouth but it's like yeah yeah it was exciting uh, it was a good match but you know i've seen all these moves before no you haven't yeah you haven't absolutely have right. not seen that imploding uh, poison rana that's the you haven't seen it vikingo in particular is like the one guy you cannot apply that to like unless you've seen like I'm very familiar with the rhythms of his matches, so I like I know that when I watch it, it it's going to be primarily focused on like mind blowing spots and sequences and things. Um, so like, but he's the one guy who breaks that and surprises you because he will do something you've legitimately never seen before. Yeah. Like nobody else in the world is rotating seventy times on a dragon flip shooting star space flying tiger drop. Yeah. Like no one's capable of doing it. It's such a they're, they're very silly people, uh, and I'm glad that we as a platform don't let them dominate the conversation too much. Because yeah. like it would have been so easy for us to come out and do like a whole day talking about this nonsense. Yeah, but okay, so I would yeah. rather talk about how great the match was. Exactly, it's like uh, Moxley said on the the sessions. Yeah, you know, why, why aren't we talking about how great stuff is? Got one prediction and one manifestation here to bring us to a close. One, I think that Jeff Cobb is going to unleash a overhead belly-to-belly suplex that Kenny Omega's bump is going to be terrifying. (laughs) Like, legitimately, heart and mouth, terrifying. Two, are we getting Devil Sky? Ooh, nah. I think think we're setting ourselves up for disappointment with that one, sadly. He used it at the presser. He used it at the presser. Didn't use it at the paper. Didn't use it at the paper. That was a one-off, story-specific entrance theme. 
Um, It'd be cool if he did. It'd be so cool. If it he would did. be even cooler if he saved it for the second Osprey match at Forbidden Door. As long as I hear it one more time in my life, there you go. I'll be very happy. Sephiroth. Indeed. Let us know under go. the comments. Metal uh, Gear Solid. Let us know <laughs> under the comments section uh, to this Twitter link um, if you think we're going to get Devil Sky. If we're being um, too giddy about the prospect of a mega card. What your thoughts are in general on this Dynamite, uh, you can do that at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter, so follow us there. Uh, whilst you're there, you can follow Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Jeff. You can follow me at M. Sidgwick. The M stands for Michael. Um... <laughs> on Twitter so please do that uh, don't forget to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from and um, we will be back all going well with the review of Dynamite tomorrow of course there will be loads of different unique content um, over Wrestlemania weekend obviously we've got a team of guys over there so it'll be a bit um, outside of the norm the podcast schedule and quite frankly Adam Wilborn will have to tell you his plans for that but I'm sure he will over the coming days and until then keep checking back to the feeds and thank you very much for joining us it's always a ridiculous um, pleasure that we are able to spend time with you on your day for now we will see you soon <laughs>